Hello and welcome to Buda Vista, episode 203. I am Ben and I am here invigilating a certification exam at the Al Cisneros International Institute for the Naming of Stoner Metal Bands. Behind me is a wall listing existing stoner metal band names. Names like Sleep, Om, Space Slug, The Space Lords, Weed Pecker, Weed Eater, Weed Demon, Mono Lord, Dope Lord, Dope Smoker, Green Druid, High on Fire, Toke, Cough, Resin, Telekinetic Yeti, Conan, King Buffalo, Acid King, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, Acid Mammoth, Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastard, Electric Wizard, <laughs> Bong Bong Beer Wizard, Bong Lord, Bong Ripper, and Bongzilla. With me is Andrew, who, as part of his examination, must come up with a stone and metal band name that hasn't been used right now. Uh, the Weed Wizard's Taint. Oh, God, that's good. <laughs> All right, you've passed. Congratulations. Yes, my wife is going to be so happy that I have finally stopped coming here. <laughs> so I've been here for six months. It took you a long time, and I'm so proud of you. Uh, also with me is Lucy, who has to do the exact same thing right now. Oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm in the wrong place. I thought I was in the death metal exam. I was here ready to write down corpse <laughs> pussy. And now I'm just, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> I that mean, doesn't, you it doesn't work for a stoner band. It doesn't you would have passed with flying colours if this was the death metal exam. And, I'm and so it's such sorry. a shame that we it's found out all the me. members of Corpse Pussy were Nazis. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> three of them were Nazis. One of them was a Serbian war criminal. Uh, really, it's a big shame. Uh, sorry, Lucy, you have failed, but that's because you came to room 201B instead of room 201A. Uh, so. Easy mistake to make. You yep. know how it is. Next time. Mm. The exams run annually, so uh, better luck next <laughs> Maybe year. Maybe next year. <laughs> uh, and also with us is Theo, who, by virtue of how I've ordered this intro, has had the most time to think about it. Think of something <laughs> off the top of your head right now. I'm going to go with Kung Fu Sativa Diva. <laughs> oh, mm. God, that's it's good. Nice. Mm, mm, mm. You've actually taken my job. Uh, they've decided the to fire me. Now? You are the invigilator now. <laughs> I get to use the word invigilator a lot. Mm, it's so it's very In specific. Uni, at least twice a year, you know? Mm. Hey, the invigilators will be doing this. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck <laughs> is an invigilator? Oh, uh, I think they're talking about nerd pervert. Mm. <laughs> I believe they're describing those guys that wander around the city of Vivek in the game Morrowind. I never made it to Vivek. I always went left and then never got there. That game is 21 years old now. Uh -huh. You have had ample time to fully explore the mythical world presented in the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. I don't think I could do it at this point, perfectly mm -hmm. honest. You're too busy raising a child and having a full-time job, or you just... Yeah, absolutely. I tweeted about this earlier, but I literally have um, on the floor there a uh, an extension cable. This yeah. is bad. This bad boy. And, Sorry, this is an um, audio medium. So I'm going to describe this to uh, the mm -hmm, listener. Mm -hmm. It's sort of what looks to me to be. I'm going to say uh, one half of maybe a f or not a five meter extension cable. That's maybe a three meter extension cable. And what I want to do roughly, yeah. is um, run it from where my desk is, sort of around the back of the bookcase, to where my guitar is. Mm -hmm. And it's been sitting on the ground for about a week. Yeah. Because I simply mm. 
they haven't had time. Haven't had time to do this. Yeah, I um I tried actively to literally deliver free weed to your door today, and you came to the conclusion that you are too busy for free weed. So what I did instead, um, for, tell for me if I have to edit that out. Oh no no. Um, for excitement, um, I ate a pizza that was too hot for my mouth at around five thirty. Um, uh-huh. I thirty nine degrees. Yep. Uh huh. Um, I'm now drinking scotch, so it's sort of burning the inside of my mouth slightly. Um, in mm-hmm. between then and now, um, I watched two videos on YouTube while eating that hot pizza, um, and then uh, customized the uh, home screen, like the widgets and stuff, on a um, X Demo 2016 Samsung tablet that I purchased off Kogan, mm-hmm. um, and that keeps my to-do list on there. Um, for the things that I need to do, like uh, set up the cat feeder and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and here we are. We'll do this for about um, four hours, mm-hmm. and that'll make the time too late. Uh, and then I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, so that seems like all very good reasons for why there, there's no way you could have received delivered to your house free of charge <laughs> some brownies that were baked fresh uh, that have little bits of cut-up Turkish delight bars put oh, through Lord. them as a little lovely oh, surprise. My mm. goodness. Yeah. Hey Theo, um, I know that you are currently on the the NQE mm. sleep system. That is the not quite enough sleep system. Patented, patent pending. Is yeah. the is the five thirty pizza more a result of like eating at the time that you currently can eat around your yes. small Abs- son's whims? Absolutely, one hundred percent. We have moved dinner time back a full hour. Um, in like the last two months because now he uh, eats dinner with us um, in the time that he has before he starts screaming. Mm-hmm. So from 6pm is about is scream time. Mm. He's he's mm-hmm. looking at his and, watch while he's Finn eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, because um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% a 5.30pm eating mm-hmm. dinner person oh, now. That's profane. Yeah, oh, that's I, awful. I, I would say that I, I regularly eat dinner at between like five thirty and six p.m. Because... and you kind of and you are fucking stuffing mm-hmm. that in at that point as well before the chaos gets out of gets out of hand. Why wouldn't I? I mean, yeah, our, our kids, our kids like uh, they eat dinner around kind of six or whatever. So that sort of age, you know, mm-hmm. they got to be getting in the bath and getting ready for bed and all that sort of stuff by like seven seven thirty. And for a little while, you're like, I will feed you the dinner for a child. And then lay, and then I'll clean all that shit up, mm-hmm. and then I'll start making a whole second dinner. Well, then and then after a, a while, a perfectly made bolognese at eleven thirty at night. <laughs> yeah, and so at a certain point, you just say, "Fuck this! I'm making one dinner, and I will eat it with the kids at like six. Yep, you know, hundred um, percent. And then now this does have a slight side effect, which is. I will wind up eating another meal at 8 p.m. Uh-huh. <laughs> just yeah. I'll, like me and Elder will get to a point where we're just like, ah. Can I give you some advice? Sure. Um, Cole sells one kilo bags of prunes, and they're good for a snack <laughs> any time of the day. There's no there's I... no meal time. Think of a time of the day. Just hit me with an hour. Uh, 1:30 a.m. Perfect time for prunes. Just pop a prune I in there. I feel like pop a prune how many prunes can you eat in a day? 
Like what's um, what are they doing oh, oh, oh. to your digestive system, really? So I think I would estimate twelve. I eat about twelve prunes a day. Now the Prune Asso- <laughs> Association literally recommends that you eat one hundred grams of prunes per day. <laughs> the, the Prune That's Association from of where? I don't trust them. And yeah, furthermore, <laughs> the, that's uh, what they Australia, fucking would say. So the APA. Once again, the APA. I don't think that's what the APA is. <laughs> Once again, Theo's in the pocket of Big Prune and bringing his propaganda on the show. Although I will say this, uh, we do have a, a container of prunes in the fridge. Yeah, it's good. like a, it's it's like a little a little t- you know like a like a tub of feta or something like that. It's got a lid and then you pop the seal off. You got a bunch of wet prunes in there. Mm. And I've been living mm. the Theo Prune lifestyle where like. I'm just about to go to bed. I'm a bit high. You got and you got the little gap in your tummy. Yeah, you got the gap that's that's only so small. Is a prune that enjoyable? Are you enjoying this prune? Oh yeah, I yeah. Am. I love Especially, every bite. And mm. when they're in the fridge, it's like d- a delicious cooling treat on the way down. Mm. Love a prune. Love several hey, prunes. Uh, can I just say, uh, popping the seal off? I thought that was Heidi Klum's job. <laughs> I think they're split up, but uh, that still works. Oh, uh, are they? <laughs> I'm not really kept up to date. Oh, you want you want Heidi Klum to give her ex husband an orgasm now? Wow. I've not really wow. been paying attention to the personal life of Seal. I'm afraid to say. Unbelievable. My goodness. <laughs> Thank you for that very dated reference. I enjoyed I'm so it. Sorry. <laughs> uh. Heidi Klum and Seal breaking up. Dark times. That was 17 years ago. <laughs> what? What? Really when did they split up? 2004. Fucking hell. This is. You have lived the... more life since they broke up than you no, have. No, no, no. They got together then. They split up in Oh, sorry. Oh. No. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Thank yeah. you for fact checking that. Simply uh, nine God. years ago. <laughs> they divorced, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Bunta Vista. This is the podcast for breaking celebrity news. <laughs> My goodness. Heidi Klum and Seal broken up. Truly dark times on the horizon. Uh, frightening things. <laughs> foretelling scary business of the future. And what better time to have a segment that we call Omens and Portents. You shall see hail fall from a clear sky and burn as fire upon the ground. You shall see darkness cover Egypt when the sun climbs high to noon. You will. And you shall know that God is God. Bow down to his will. Probably. Uh, yeah, I'll bow down to the flying spaghetti monster. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, touched by his noodly appendage, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> I'm one of those guys that insisted that my driver's license driver's license photo had to be wearing a colander on my head yeah. because of my deeply held religious belief in the flying spaghetti monster. I love doing a thing where you're parodying someone's deeply held convictions about how they fit into the universe. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, That's like though, a great I bit. feel like that was a much simpler time when that was like the most annoying guy was a flying spaghetti monster guy. Mm. And then we then we invented Twitter, so. And then we got to view every other annoying guy in the world. Mm, mm-hmm. and a few annoying ladies. They're really catching up on uh, the they being annoying stakes. Yeah, they're, they're blazing well, some trails. Breaking out the there. glass ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! This week on Omens and Portents, uh, we have a story from the Portland Press Herald. 
mysterious black substance on Wells Beach. Turns out to be millions of dead bugs. Can I, um, I, I want to pull back the curtain here. Here we go. Just for a second. And I'm so sorry. You know, normally the little subtitles that I put on the H2 subheadings that's yep. in the style guide for the mm-hmm. Buena Vista notes, mm-hmm. I would mm. never say those out loud because that's just for me, mostly. Yeah. Yep. But you do I get am, upset when I reveal them normally. I'm very happy with this one. I just want to... Dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And you will know us by the trail of dead bugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and for a certain <laughs> amount of listeners, that's going to be a great time. And thank yeah. you for sharing that. And now I'm going to close those curtains right back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're all just fumbling around behind the curtains again. Everyone's waiting for the show to start back up. Yeah, being like, well, were we meant to come out just then? Why are they closed again? Why did we do that? <laughs> Ed Smith has walked Wells Beach for years, but has never seen anything like it. A mysterious black substance that settles on the sand near the shoreline and stains the feet of anyone who ventures too close. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Well, number one, don't walk in that. Don't venture too close. Don't yeah. do it. If I, if I, I saw a mysterious black slime, yeah, mm. just like don't walk on it. That seems That's bad. That's my recommendation. To me. That seems mm. demonic. I would avoid it at all costs, just personally. Whereas, I think I would probably pick it up in both hands um, and see whether it wants to enter my eyeballs via the tear ducts. <laughs> mm. You're thinking a sort of a X Files type scenario there. Oh what? <sighs> I'm guessing that uh, Ed Smith of Wells Beach has never read the Stephen King short story, The Raft, because uh, that has a substance in it that you just don't want to step in. I'll tell you who else has a substance in them. Stephen King, when he was writing those short stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. The man was addicted to cocaine We're talking in a about way cocaine. that was very deleterious <laughs> yes. uh, to his personal and professional life. That's an unfair characterization. He was addicted to many things. Yes. He was uh, wearing leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> Getting hit by vans. <laughs> you can't stop at one. Well, I mean, he, he it's did. It's sort of like a Houdini type scenario where he's like, go on, hit me with a van. <laughs> Look, I want you to hit me with that van as hard as you can. Okay. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I was meant to tense my tense entire like body sunny. muscles. I, I I misjudged it. I didn't have time to do my ki just before the van made contact with me. Are, are you thinking of Dean Kunst? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of um I'm thinking of Stephen King. He was taking a a walk. Um, like by the side of the road in, in Maine, where he lives, and someone driving along on the road just like drifted over to the verge in this van and blasted him real just, hard. Like, recognized his leather jacket went, and his glasses. Oh. And went, Here like, we go. That's Stephen King. Fuck this guy. Hey, I think that's the guy that writes very awkwardly in the voice of a black woman a little too often. Oh. Screech, you know? Jesus. Uh, yeah, clocked him with that van, yeah. sent him, f- like, flying off uh, into the grass and just drove away, I think. Did they just drive away? Sort um, of like a, a meet Joe Black situation. Mm, uh, yeah, and then he was just uh, super fucked up for ages, healing up from being blasted by a van at 50 or 60 <laughs> years old or whatever. Is this, uh, and- did he write Misery after this or just a, just a coincidence? No, no I think he way wrote... That. Um- <laughs> <laughs> middle-aged guy hit by a van yeah. after that happened to him. That, that, there's a lot of 
It's hard to tell when you're reading it, but there's a lot of real-life influence on it. <laughs> the, the vanning. Ed first noticed it Sunday night. When he went back out Monday, it was there again. He talked to about a dozen beachgoers who all said they noticed it too. I'm imagining he was standing next to each of them, pointing at the black stuff and going, Hey, hey look that? at that. Hey, uh, is this weird? <laughs> can, can you see the thing I'm pointing at? And they say yes. And he's like, cool. Does another tick on his notepad. Oh, I'm picturing like NPCs that just stand there and he goes and talks <laughs> to them and they're like... You've been hearing hearing about this black slime out here. Mm. <laughs> Terrible like f- creatures. People that have five <laughs> times just been like, ah, I love standing on the beach. <laughs> Big pause. <laughs> I love standing on the beach. <laughs> New dialogue option. What's up with this black slime? <laughs> What's up with this? Quote, I sat on the edge of my tub with blue dawn, a type of dishwashing soap, and a scrub pad, and I still couldn't remove the stain from my feet, Smith said. It took a few inquiries to local and state officials and some help from a retired scientist who lives nearby. I'm assuming that he had wild hair and crazy eyes. Right. Yeah. That, that seems almost like a weird thing to say. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. a way to describe people. Like, kind of like, I don't know. I feel like if you're a scientist, you're a scientist for life. A retired scientist is someone who's been like, I, I found too much. And mm, I can no, no I don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we need you that. to come back for one more job. I, I told promised you. I would never put my eye to a microscope that. ever again. <laughs> I turned in my white coat and my gun. <laughs> my, my standard issue scientist gun. Yeah. I said, I'll never get back to Wuhan again. <laughs> I can't tell you what happened there, but pretty dicey. <laughs> <laughs> So he got some help from a retired scientist who lives nearby. Smith got his answer Tuesday, and it only raised more questions. God damn it. I hate it when that happens. It's like, you get the answer, but the answer comes in the form of a bunch more questions. Mm. I would have been better off without that answer. Yeah. I would have only had Mm. one question. Yep. According to Steve Dixon, a marine geologist. What? It's normally a marine I mean, there's, biologist. There's earth under there. If you want to study the, no. the, the rocks and stuff. It's so good having a smart person on this podcast. <laughs> Geology, biology, vastly different things. As soon as, as, soon as your feet... <laughs> as soon as your feet can't touch the bottom anymore, it's water all the way down to the center of the earth. That's my understanding. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, well, glad to be proven wrong. Do you think... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I just realized that what I was going to say made absolutely no sense. I'm not going to do it. I was going to say that Geodude is the exact intersection of marine biology and marine geology, but uh, Geodude is not a water-based He's Pokemon, just a so rock. that doesn't scan at He's all. Yeah, not at all a water Pokemon. All right, but sure if, you rem- <laughs> if you remove the marine element of it, is that the business of a geologist <laughs> or a biologist? If Geodude was in water, I feel that would... I mean, he is alive, though, so I'm He's not really weak sure. weak to water, actually, if is I there recall a- correctly. Uh, Oh, is there like a you're like the a marine <laughs> marine geologist here? <laughs> is there a a mud based Pokemon? Yeah, mu- yeah. mud oh, mud for kips. Sure. Mud Isn't kip. that a fish? <laughs> is that a fish? I don't know. I yeah. haven't played what a Pokemon game since two thousand and three. <laughs> hmm. Since before Seal and Hiding Cloak. 
<laughs> According to Steve Dixon, a marine geologist with the Maine Geological Survey, the black substance was the collective carcasses of dead insects. Millions of them. I'm doing the the Dr. Evil pinky. You know what's funny is that you just described that as if you'd done something visually and the listener wouldn't hear it, but you actually didn't do it while you were doing it. No, I did that for your benefit afterwards. Just just in case you haven't heard of Dr. Evil. Uh, I don't think we give a doctorate to an evil person. Uh, Austin Powers, a movie that came out in 1997. Wow, before <laughs> seven years before, before Heidi Klum and Seal got married. Klum's marriage and separation. Oh boy. <clears throat> Vintage. Uh, the bugs float in the ocean, but when waves wash ashore, they settle on the beach and stay there when the tide goes back out. Dixon said he's still working with entomologists on figuring out what the bugs are. They sound Alien. like bugs. Yeah, bugs probably. Mm. Where they came from. Alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why? <laughs> that seems like a fucking dumb question. Like why? Like they're like, I don't think they had plans mm. to be think? on the beach. You think those bugs had in mind? Hey, I really want to make some guy's foot dirty in a way that uh, using his dishwashing liquid won't fix. <laughs> How do they know it's bugs, but they don't know what the bugs are? I'm skeptical they, on this one. They looked in a microscope. And so I don't know if I look like bugs. I might have actually <laughs> cut that out of this. Uh, I might have cut that part. But yeah, they they looked at it in a microscope and they were like, "Oh shit, them's bugs." Oh, so they're just like bugs. tiny little bugs. Yeah. Once again, okay. the answer to a scientific question is bugs. Yeah. Dixon doesn't expect it to be a recurring phenomenon. He said, "Once the winds shift, it's likely that whatever bug debris is left behind will wash back out to sea, and then it's China's problem." <laughs> Dixon said there were other reports of a similar substance at York Beach and in Ogunquit as well, but he hadn't heard of anything anywhere else. Emma Boothelet, who regularly walks on Fortune's Rock Beach in Biddeford, posted a photo on Facebook this week of her blackened feet. She doesn't know if she too stepped in a pile of bug carcasses or not, but said she's always referred to the black substance as beach tar. (laughs) I've been out walking in the beach tar again. Uh, another beach tar day. <laughs> you know how we have those <laughs> all the time. What she encountered is not unusual, she said. I think it was from oil deposits that washed up and mixed with sand and just stuck to your feet, she said. Uh, did she get a microscope out? That's what I want to know. I don't think mm. she did. Mm. That's what happens when you don't have a scientist involved. Relatively yeah. chill about the idea that it might be oil, though. <laughs> Yeah, also not very chill. <laughs> prefer it's not oil. Mm, I'd prefer dead bugs, honestly. Yeah. Beach tar. A big drink of my beach milk and walking through the beach tar. Just having a nice stroll through some beach tar. Asked why the bugs might be staining people's feet, Dixon said bugs often eat plants that have pigments. In fact, in some countries, bugs are still used to dye garments. They're also still used to dye a lot of foods. So hmm. check that out if you are vegan. Mm. Cool. Oh. Mm. Are bugs animals? Well, they're not vegetables or say? minerals. Hmm. Mm. Quote, you never know what nature is going to bring next, he said. Again, that's not nature, it's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay. a type of cryptocurrency, so it's not from <laughs> nature. 
Could be from anywhere. Speaking of strange things brought to you from across the sea, it must be time for the shipping report. I'm itching for another edition of the shipping report. I hate to pull back the curtain again. Oh. Um, but uh, our listeners may have noticed in the summer in the last couple of episodes, I included a little bonus track after uh, the episode had finished, which is just Theo singing the shipping report theme, including the ding ding noise at the end. <laughs> and I, I played that for a couple of people in real life uh, at the bar the other day, and they loved it. They had a great time. It was very nice. <laughs> did, you, did you separate it from the, like, was it? From when Andrew played the theme and I sang along to the theme? No, you. We, oh. Someone had dropped out, and just while we were waiting, you were singing it to yourself <laughs> in a way that I found, frankly, and I'm not ashamed to say this, uh, adorable. I loved it very much. Uh, can you please send that to me? Or I actually p- played that to a bunch of people that you more or less met uh, when we went to dinner the other night. That was very nice. Ben's just been walking down the street, stopping strangers. Check hey, this shit out. Hey. Listen to this. <laughs> you want to hear my adorable friend? <laughs> He's very adorable. Anyway, no more jokes. Here we go. This is the <clears throat> shipping report. Jokes stop now. No laugh zone. <laughs> uh, sorry. The Egyptian... sorry. <laughs> stop that. Uh, the Egyptian offshore supply tug Inspector 7 reportedly sank in the Gulf of Suez, possibly because it ruptured its hull on a submerged wreck. Um, can we just point out that that is spelt inspector with an A at the end, as though it were like a, a Ronnie Size song from the early 2000s? Mm, like maybe like a mm-hmm. bad garage band, maybe. Mm, Might name so- themselves that. Something Ali G would be singing along to in his car. 100%. Uh, the container <laughs> ship OOCL Durban contacted two gantry cranes while docking at uh, Kaohsiung, Taiwan, knocking them both over and trapping the crane operators inside. Oh, dear. Terrifying. Oh, my goodness. Trying to avoid that if you can. Actually, I had a a lovely chat this afternoon just before I came down here with one of our regulars at the bar who works in international shipping. Uh, And he was talking about how they have various incidents where the, the pilot's that crew container vessels. So he works for the company that supplies the pilots, not the container vessels. It, it's a very weird, complicated thing, but he's talking about how legal battles over who is at fault in those circumstances are very, very complicated. So he was saying in the example of this one that I just said to you about the guy knocking the cranes over that say, if it seemed like the guy who was piloting the vessel was following the instructions that the port authority gave him relatively accurately, he would not be culpable for it at all. Uh, yeah. Right, like how if you if you steered your old timey pirate ship onto some rocks, but it was because there was a mysterious siren calling you. Then yes, you're not mm. really to blame. Yep, hundred percent. It was the the the, the nude ladies with a, a a fish instead of a bum. Mm. It was their fault. The siren mm. precedent. Got it. An unnamed ultra large container vessel experienced unspecified trouble in the Gulf of Aden. That's a little mysterious, isn't it? No, that's all mm. I need to know. Unspecified I know where the, trouble. Where the Gulf of Aden is, and I looked it up on a map, uh, and it's a little little gulf leading into the Red Sea, um, in between uh, the Middle East and what's mm. that? The Horn of is it? No, that's not the Horn of Africa. It no, is, it's it? below the, the. No, the Horn of Africa is the. 
bottom of Africa? Is the okay the 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 eastern point of of Africa there? Yeah, and it's sort of like a little sort of like a little rectum to uh, to the Red Sea, if you will. Mm. If you view I, that on the map, if you want to see the Red Sea's rectum, it's right there near Djibouti. Cool. <laughs> Good to this know. This is a no joke zone, Theo. You no learn jokes. something new every day. Well, I've actually I've been learning a lot from the shipping report because. Um, uh, the website that I get this from, it seems to either be translated from Russian into English or written by Russian people that don't speak English very well. So a lot mm. of the place names are slightly wrong, so I have to double check them. And then I'm learning about all sorts of new places I just didn't know existed. Oh, that is wonderful. Mm. That's nice, isn't it? Uh, hey, it's me, Ben. Um, I am on this episode, but it's not. This is not me from when we were recording the episode. This is from when I was editing the episode. I just want to say. Um, Theo was right. Uh, the bit he was referred to is the the Horn of Africa, and I was wrong. I was wrong to correct him on. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, have a lovely day. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you. Bye. Uh, the Finnish cargo ship Ramona ran aground off the coast of Gotland after steaming directly towards the land without making an attempt to turn. Rookie error. Silly. Yeah. I would personally make an attempt to turn if I was the ship's captain. But So so because the ship's AIS, they're like uh, automatic identification system, I think that might be what that is, is always broadcasting. Mm. You know, you can track the same way you can track planes, you can track cargo vessels, oh. and there's just a really long line leading directly towards the land, <laughs> and then it just hits the land. Uh, the theory is that the captain fell asleep. Uh Gotland. Well, the, the pilot fell asleep, not the captain, sorry. They should, they should probably have two of them. Yeah. Mm. More, More like than one get captain. Gotland. Am I right? <laughs> uh, that guy got got. Gotland, of course, is a large Swedish island and province in the Baltic Sea. Uh, its biggest town, Visby, is distinguished by its cobblestone streets and well-preserved medieval city wall. Oh, that sounds lovely. Pretty cool. Uh, also, so the bit of land that he hit was the island of Faro, which is not to be confused with the Faro Islands. It's different. Huh. We're all learning about places. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the tug YKP Marine got her propeller fouled in rope while towing the container barge Namthong 39. Sorry, Namtong 39. Uh, the tug and barge subsequently drifted onto the beach of <laughs> Kopra Tong Island, Thailand, grounding themselves. I am fixing to get my propeller fouled this weekend. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Simultaneously, <laughs> while it's a that joke. That was a joke. I'm sorry. Well, I had one also... rule. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it's not true. Are you flying to Tasmania this weekend, my chance? <laughs> Happy to edit about? that question out. Uh, <laughs> truth, truth in jest. Truth in jest. Yeah, although there shouldn't be right. any jest in this segment. No jest. No, this is a jest no I'm segment. very sorry. That was mirthful and I apologize. <laughs> needs, this needs to be jestless. Okay. To be abs absent of jest. Um, the general cargo ship Falcon Line began taking on water and was shortly abandoned by all hands in the Gulf of Arden. Back in the Gulf of Aden. We only ben, just learned about it. It's come up Satan's twice. Satan's rectum. Um, ben. call it in business. Yes. Ben, can I just interrupt? Um, just, just this is my shipping report observer. And you're not going to make hat. any jokes here. No, no. Because there's nothing funny about this. <laughs> um, I just want to note that 
I, f- I feel like the names of the ships have not been particularly up to up to snuff this They've week. They've not no. been as funny as they usually Very are. Very straightforward, or, yeah. Or as cool. Like, um, there's, I mean, no, there's no Ionic Hawk. Ionic Hawk, I think about constantly. Mm. That's mm. probably the best one we've ever had. Yeah, so Falcon Line is, is my favourite one so far this week. I will say that the Falcon Line is when I take the racing line in my car when I'm taking a corner. Is that a joke or are you... No, it's just observation because I drive a 1999 AU Falcon. Okay. The general container ship River Thames ran aground in the... And let me see if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Balearic Islands in Spain and was subsequently refloated. The captain failed to report the incident to local maritime authorities. So some people saw that a ship ran aground... And contacted the maritime authorities and were like, hey, did you know a ship ran aground? And then the ship refloated and started sailing off. And then the maritime authorities were like, hey, bro, what's going on? How's your day going? Anything of note happen? It seems like the uh, the naval version of, like, um, you know, hitting a parked car and driving mm-hmm. away. But it's very hard to do that quickly in a, but, in a large but shipping vessel. it's just vessel. him, yeah. though. It's just mm-hmm. him, though. So it's like the naval version of... Uh, slightly hitting the curb with your mag wheel? Well, I mean, you say it's just him, but it's like slightly hitting the curb with your mag wheel, but there's also 20 other people in your car. And I mean, the scooter's pretty roomy. Mm. Yeah, I've heard great things about Skodas. Uh, I have one more thing here from the shipping port, which usually I just sort of, I summarise the bulletins... Um, But I'm actually going to read this one to you in full because this is particularly interesting. So this is a post on Maritime Bulletin from Mikhail Voitenko. The heading is Freighter full of hashish intercepted by Senegalese Navy. Full stop. Hmm. So what? And I can tell you're already intrigued. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let Mm -hmm. me read the text of this item of the shipping report to you. The Senegalese Navy intercepted small general cargo ship Arso 6 <laughs> some 80 nautical miles north of Dakar, Senegal, on June 5th and took her to Dakar, where she was docked late June 6th. The ship, according to local news agency, is, quote, full of hashish. Exact quantity still to be ascertained. Arso 6, with multinational crew, departed from Safi, Morocco, on May 29th. There is a suspicious time gap in her track, some 20 hours, while she was passing Canary Islands. Just stopping in to pick some stuff up. Eh, you know, you're just checking in, you need some chips. Got some chips, kept going. Uh, comment, colon. So, sorry, just, just, just to be clear, this is a comment that someone has added to this no. item in the shipping report? This not, is a personal your comment. comment. No, this is a personal comment from the person who's written the bulletin. He's done the, the job of stating the facts, and now he's adding a personal comment To the second half. This undying public interest to drug trafficking just beats me. We're all pushed into taking a drug, which is far more dangerous than any of your illegal stuff, like cocaine or hashish or whatever. It's so-called vaccine. That's the drug which must be stopped by all costs until it's too late. Oh, that was I love that little, that little mix-up in the turn of phrase right at the end there. Like, we must stop this at all costs uh, until, until it's, it's too, too late. late. Yeah, not before it's too late. Until, yes. Until. The cocaine, though, absolutely fine. <laughs> yep, cocaine, hashish, whatever you're going to do, do not give me the Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> Co- cocaine so, never hurt anybody. 
I had up until this point never learned anything about the personal beliefs of the uh, people that operate Maritime Bulletin. And um, yep, <laughs> now I know. You've got to assume that I feel like ship guys are in a, a special kind of weird, right? I mean, like the shipping industry captains. has been, they have been hit particularly hard by COVID, like as an I'm industry. I'm sure they have been, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's the vaccine that's the real virus, pandemic, Google it, 5G, Bill Gates, magnetic spoons. Keys yep. sticking to the side of your neck. Magnetism. Check it out. That's a yeah. I didn't read much about that. Why the vaccines give you magnetism? That sounds oh, awesome. See, like that sounds do you cool. See that great video from today of like someone testifying to I don't know some fucking committee somewhere in the US, and they're like, "Well, how come my keys stick to me?" And then it's a minute of them trying to get their keys to stick to them, but the keys just keep falling off. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fucking best. <laughs> what? And at the end, they act like they've pulled it off. They're like, any questions? <laughs> eventually, eventually, they're just like fumbling one key off the key ring and like trying to surreptitiously lick the back of it before pressing it onto their <laughs> forehead. Their key on there. <laughs> See? See what I mean? Sandwiching it into their cleavage. <laughs> not falling onto the ground. Just jamming the pointy end into their ear hole and being like, well, why is it not falling out? <laughs> Oh dear, that's uh, that's terrible. Uh, and let's just hope that those people who are about to get their gigantic delivery of hashish uh, find some kind of substitute. And we're praying for them that they don't have to take the vaccine. Fingers crossed. I would hate to be magnetic. It's not even going to get you high. I think. I think oh, so. I, I've never really developed opinions on whether I would or would not like to be magnetic. It's I've never, never really come up in my life. I've never thought about being magnetic. Yeah, it's never come up. But I'd hate to accidentally like that. erase the data on my my debit cards. Oh, card. yeah, that would suck. Yeah. And my floppy disks that I've always got in my back pocket. Yeah. I, I'd hate uh-huh. to lose the 4 megabytes, 4.4 megabytes that I've got on there. Uh, that'd be really upsetting. Uh, right in if I've got the amount of storage on a floppy disk wrong. You sure have, Ben. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> what size did they come in, Theo? Like two, well, if you're talking about the the canonical, like the the hard floppy disk, the one twenty, the three and a three and a three and a half inch one, they're a megabyte forty four, I think. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh huh. And then the big ones, the five and a quarter inch ones, yeah. which are the actual floppy disks, I think were in the order of a few hundred kilobytes. Right. Okay. Oh, so you can goodness. see where I got two fours from there, though. Certainly, I do. Yeah. Thank you, and I appreciate that. Look, I wasn't gonna. You asked. You know Wait. what I love. You weren't gonna uh, pull back on this the podcast. Is that I love receiving feedback. Sometimes that feedback comes from a handsome, beautiful man called Theo, and sometimes that feedback comes from listeners, mm-hmm. where it goes mm. straight into the spam filter, <laughs> <laughs> never to be read by us. Someone. Um, so someone today on Twitter replied being like, uh, maybe that's not so much Google's problem as that you're forwarding emails from a non-Gmail address into your Gmail. And I was like, no, shut the fuck up, you dickhead. That's not what's happening. That's probably what's happening. That was what yeah. was happening. Maybe we should percent. probably just get a Gmail, but think about that yeah. one later. I mean, we'd, we've like put our best we've lines on it. We've got a Gmail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- but we put Theo on it. Um, Look, we're, <laughs> the problem was we, we're on the C-Panel diet. 
and we got to get off that. <laughs> it's not healthy, not recommended. Wow. Okay, so I fucking posted hell. that in the chat and none of you responded, and then Theo gets to say it on the fucking. And you're all. All right, okay. I guess I see how this fucking works. I, this is. Oh, gotta no, get, I gotta get that prior art, bitch. I almost said this with too much pride. <laughs> I literally fun. posted the I'm on the sea paddle diet into the chat while I was driving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was oh, I was on a, a country back road. There was no one else around, but I was so determined to get it out that oh. I was just like, yeah. "Ben, Ben, you're going to you're going to cause a repeat of the thing that happened several years ago when somebody left a review on the iTunes store uh, saying I am unsubscribing from this show uh, for their for their like." Crass casual references to doing stuff on your phone while you're driving. Mm. <laughs> Look, sometimes you've Not got a, a funny joke to say that literally everyone in the Discord ignores. Sometimes you've got to pop a joke off, you know? I would sometimes never. Sometimes you've got to uh, pop seal so. off between Just- 2004 and 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, Ben, um, I first said this sentence I'm on the C panel diet the 11th of the 5th, 2021 in the Discord. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what channel was it in? Uh, nerds of the show. Yeah, I don't read Nerds of the show. There's a bunch of nerds in there. Yeah, yep. I never go in there. That place is not for me. <laughs> not for Do you me. guys remember from like four minutes ago when I did an extremely smooth segue into the mailbag? I don't know if yeah, you guys I, recall I heard that. It. I really appreciated <laughs> it, but that was a long time ago. Are you tired of paying nothing for the same old superior quality free episodes of the Bunta Vista podcast? Do you want less politics and more content about diarrhea or animals gone wild? You're tired of skipping through those hours upon hours of paid product placement for Mark Wahlberg film Shooter. Well, boy, do I have the offer of a lifetime for you. That's right, for just five US dollars a month, you too can be a premium VIP member of the Bunta Vista Patreon. That's right, just five US dollars for all of our bonus episodes. That's over 300 hours of content from the hosts you know and definitely tolerate. I'll even throw in access to our glamorous and exclusive Discord server, where bizarre arguments only happen once or twice a week at most. Head to patreon.com slash buntavista. Sign up in the next five minutes and I won't know because that's not my job, but you'll be enjoying the sweet satisfaction of supporting us, and we will love you romantically for it. That's my promise to you. Sometimes people send in a joke. Sometimes people send in some feedback. Uh, they can do it by voicemail. They can do it by email. There's many other methods. And we they're all listed. Read... Don't do it. Don't stop me right now. And they're all listed right here in this theme song. one 1-800-317-5-1-5. I think I'm going to have to uh, update the song to say we don't really check any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that uh, this week you actually... Checked something in the Facebook messages and mm. sent it into the group chat. That's, I uh, did. It came up in my messenger and I was like, oh, why? We specify every week that we don't mm. really check the Facebook. There it was. Mm. 
Incidentally, I didn't end up using that story, but we did check it. So <laughs> That's right. Making a monkey out of all of us. Here is uh, something sent in to the mailbag, recovered <laughs> recovered from <laughs> the big the big trash heap out the back. It 100% went into the spam folder. That is where I got it. Yep. yep. Uh, from listener Bob. Hi, gang. Ben has mentioned tapirs twice on Bunta Vista now, so I feel he wants to hear me talk about my favorite animal, the tapir. I do. That's correct. I was especially interested to hear that he wanted to get into a zoo enclosure with a tapir and feed it spaghetti. Oh, it sounds insane when you say it out loud. <laughs> sure. Can't just say stuff like that out of context. Come on. I've been a fan of tapirs for about three decades now. <laughs> That's a great sentence. Big tapir guy over here. Ever since before Heidi Klum and Seal were together and divorced, <laughs> I've been a big fan of tapirs. Been a big fan of tapirs for about three decades now and have been following a small internet community of like-minded tapir fans for much mm. of that time. That sounds so perverted. The <laughs> alt.net.tapirs posting community has been going off like crazy Does this he, whole time. Do they name the community? Can we go there? They do not specify, no. Oh. Bob, if you're listening three. to this... Uh, please let us know. I'd love to get on there. I would love to see three decades of interpersonal drama. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I feel qualified to say if anyone is seriously planning to do this, they shouldn't. Uh, Were you seriously planning to break into a zoo and feed it spaghetti, Ben? I mean, I don't know when the next time I'd be at Taronga Zoo would be, but I'd try. Tapirs might look cute, but they can sometimes be dangerous. There is no more vivid example of this than the incident sometimes spoken about in hushed whispers. The Oklahoma City Zoo Tapir Attack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ooh. There was barely anything left of that building. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Oh boy! Can't say I, that. I don't want to. <laughs> is <sighs> is the suggestion that a tapir did it <laughs> strongly? Oh, it's more than a suggestion. I Just picturing a YouTube thumbnail, picture of Theo on it. Timothy McVeigh, fall guy? <laughs> <laughs> Big picture of a tapir yeah. <laughs> So, Bob has attached a 1998 story from The Oklahoman, written by reporter Jack Money. What a fucking name. Oh, my God. Americans be called Jack Money. That'd be, that'd be very old. That guy, with his, he's got his fedora with the press card in it. Jack Money, the Oklahoman. No one would ever say no to you. You'd just be like, uh, you're talking to Jack Money, bitch. <laughs> uh, that's Mr. Money. Imagine saying that to somebody, you know? Marrying a woman, making a Mrs. Money. Mm. I'm going to make you Mrs. Money. That's what you say to everyone at every bar you ever go into. <laughs> Zookeeper loses arm... In mauling at City Zoo. Oh, the- no. I think probably just a quick heads up. Uh, it's a 
It's a mauling. Yes, this is a, a, a content warning for a very violent attack from a tapir on a person. For a beautiful animal. Trigger and we're probably going to talk about this attack. for 20 to 25 <laughs> minutes. So, The daily routine of feeding Malayan tapirs turned tragic Friday morning for zookeeper Lisa Moorhead. Moorhead, 34, was attacked by a full-grown female tapir at about 8.35am at the Oklahoma City Zoo when she was feeding the animal and its baby. Steve Wiley, executive director of the zoo, said Moorhead was grabbed by the arm and jerked through a two-foot-wide feeding door into the tapir's night quarters. Once there, that woman got mauled. Quote, when she pushed a food dish in, the animal went for her, pulled her through the door, and then proceeded to do a lot of damage, Wiley said. A groundskeeper witnessed the attack and went for help, but before Moorhead could be rescued by fellow zoo workers, her left arm was severed at the mid-biceps. My goodness. Whenever someone says that they got their arm ripped off, I'm picturing either a clean shoulder break or a clean elbow break. Mm. Mid-bicep? That is fucking horrifying. Sounds nasty, yeah. I'm just pulling up a picture of a tapir to look at. Yeah, they're no good. They're little fucking adorable snout pigs. Yeah, they don't look like they're going to rip your arm off at the bicep. I love those guys. They are a Dark Souls enemy. Uh, I I want to be best friends with a tapir so bad. The Malayan ones are the the black and white ones that have panda colouring. They're like a half and half. Yep. They're black and tan. Uh, she also suffered injuries to her neck, a punctured lung, and lacerations. Moorhead was still in surgery Friday evening. After surgery, it was expected she would be moved to intensive care, hospital officials said. Now, seeing as this story is from 1998, I'm guessing that she has already gone to intensive care. She has, yes. Yeah. The keeper, who had worked at the zoo for more than two years, was in the tapir quarters for just minutes during the attack. Wiley said the zoo had yet to determine a specific cause for the attack. He said the keeper was experienced, having worked at the Tulsa Zoo before coming to Oklahoma City. Tapirs are described by signs outside the exhibit as, quote, inoffensive, shy, and retiring. Yeah, retiring your arm from fucking service. Because mm. <laughs> they ripped it off. Nice, yeah. In a brutal attack that changed this woman's life for the rest of her life in a way that was probably very hard to adjust to. Mm. They are four-legged mammals with prolonged snouts and upper lips and are distantly related to swine, hippos, and rhinos. Tapirs are native to the tropics of the Americas and Asia. Quote, she was doing her normal routine in the morning, Wiley said there was another person in there with her and it is obvious from her injuries that it is a good thing. That that another person was there, you mean? I think so. I think they're saying they're glad she got injured. I know I'm always just talking about the documentary Blackfish on here. You sure are. Mm. But uh, one of the things that was really striking about that, because that you know it follows the same killer whale just being moved from sea world to sea world as it like tries to murder people. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things that's wild about it is they talk to people who used to be uh, like. They talk to people who used to work at SeaWorld and do stuff with the animals. And they're all like, yeah, so my qualification was like, um, I was a swim teacher. Like, I was a lifeguard in summer sometimes. And they said, you're pretty good at swimming. You can look after these orcas. Uh, just, just the extent to which they put people in there with these animals who, like, were not 
remotely qualified to do it. And that's mm. even if you think that you can ever be qualified to, like, handle a cheetah or a gorilla or something like that. Because there's always a chance that it's going to go tapir mode on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, just taking these people who where, like, literally their only qualifications were, like, good at swimming. They had no experience handling animals. They were not zoologists. They were not anything like that. And they're just like, yeah, just jump in there with them. It's good. They want to be your friend. They want to be your friend. Uh, and then they would hide the attempted orca murders from them. Yeah, that's, those murders. Yeah. <laughs> they would just find out later. Uh, Wiley said it was possible that the tapir, Melody. <laughs> Very sweet name. It's oh, a nice name. She sounds nice. Having your fucking arm ripped off by an animal called Sunshine or some shit. <laughs> Melody was more cautious than usual because her child was between her and the sliding panel Moorhead opened to feed them. He said such behavior is sometimes displayed by the animals both in nature and in captivity. We've pretty well boiled it down to two or three things, Wiley said. <laughs> yep. Uh, they are uh, animal between mother and... Sorry, the, the the young one between the mother and the sliding panel. Mm-hmm. Two, murderous rage. Large, three, Large revenge. wild animal. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Lisa probably knows the answers to a couple of them, but we haven't been able to speak to her directly. What are you going to ask her? Like, did you, did, you, <laughs> did you kick the baby animal? Did you <laughs> call the animal a dipshit mm. uh, before you went in there? Were you taunting it? Did you call Melody a bad mother? Moorhead was taken by ambulance to University Hospital in Oklahoma City, where she went into emergency surgery to reattach her arm and to tend to other injuries. By late afternoon, her co-workers had learned that the effort to reattach the arm had failed. Rough. It's no good. It's no good. Wiley said Melody and her calf will continue to be exhibited at the zoo. He said the staff will re-examine, however, how the animals are handled and fed. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe do that. Yeah, I'd look into that. I'd do a little yeah, review of I'd your definitely. processes there. Maybe like yeah. a 360 review, you know. Mm. I, uh, number one. Number one change that we're making. No more arms in the enclosure. Yep. Don't do it. Yeah, and I would also, say just a blanket ban on arms. Let the tapirs free. Give hmm. them $5,000 each. Just let a them A late 90s Honda Civic uh, and six months rent on an apartment somewhere in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Just see how they go. Brand new name. Yeah. Pop, a, pop, a, <laughs> pop a dope smoker cassette into the tape deck. I wonder if that was ever released on cassette. That seems like something I would like to purchase if it was. It does, doesn't it? I'm going to look into that. Thank you very much. You just cost me 50 bucks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob continues on to say, got a couple of side notes here. Tapirs are not related to swine. We've got a real 30-year veteran <sighs> coming in on this 1998 mm. news story here. They actually have a permaban uh, filtered on the word swine. <laughs> Tape pitch out there. Appealing because you called like a zookeeper a pig. You know, mm. um, the are not related to swine. They are odd-toed ungulates and related to horses, zebra and rhinoceroses. Pigs are even-toed ungulates. And you might want to use the author of this piece in your next Great American Hall of Name segment. Uh, I have two things to say to that. Uh, one is, you're absolutely right. 
And two is, isn't that that Pearl Jam song? Even Toad? The poor zookeeper recovered. Come on. What wasn't known at the time of this article was the full extent of her injuries. So, uh, Bob very helpfully linked an article there that that we're not going to read for time reasons. Um, But I I will summarize it by saying that uh, this article came out uh, in the a year later from this, basically. And at that point, she was still doing physical rehabilitation because she was very grievously injured. She was only just then getting fitted for a prosthetic arm. So this was like, obviously, horrific trauma that this woman endured. The article mostly focused on how her husband was an extremely lovely and supportive man, which is very nice. Dudes rock. Uh, Dudes do be rocking. Uh, But also, this is the first sentence of the article here. In Lisa Moorhead's dreams... She has two legs and two arms. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I've got some bad news for her. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you wake up. Facts oh. don't care about your feelings, Lisa <laughs> Moorhead. I remember being really disappointed once waking up from a dream, and it was for the dumbest reason, right? Because um, in this dream, I had acquired a Ferrari, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And apparently, this was very, very real to me in the dream. To the extent that I wasn't like, that's sick, I can drive this Ferrari very fast. I was like, I can sell this Ferrari, and I'm going to get a whole big stack of money. That's so fucking practical. That's such a great concern to be like, yeah, it's cool I've got a Ferrari, but I could just flip this bitch. Yeah, so so in the dream, it was very real to me, and I was convinced that I could flip this Ferrari and just come into a whole bunch of money, and that it would it would just help my life and my family. And then I woke up and realized I didn't have the Ferrari, and I was like, "Fuck!" I uh, I had a dream the other night that I was back doing uh, programming work, like I was in an office job, like I had to wear a nice shirt and go into an office. And then throughout that dream, I was like, "No." I don't need to do this because I got a different job that's not programming. And I know that I did, but I couldn't remember what it was. So I was like, ah, I guess I have to go along with this. It was awful. It's terrible. You woke up and remembered it was podcasting. Yeah, I like woke up and just yelled, podcaster. Mm. I I had a dream that I was giving a speech at my grandma's house. And uh, there was a a girl there who was from school and she became a professional dancer. And she's like, oh, as part of the speech, you have to... Uh, you know, participate with me in this dance. <laughs> you, and, you must uh, do the lambada. <laughs> you must do the dance. And uh, so we start dancing it. And like, I'm just like completely unable to do anything. I'm like useless. And like, everybody's laughing at me. And she's like, hey, what the fuck's wrong with you? Why aren't you dancing properly? I'm like, I don't know how to dance. And she like drags me around the place. And everyone <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, and by the end, I've just melted down, uh, just completely beside myself because I can't dance. I don't know why I should be expected to dance. these people for I this, could dance? For this speech. Um, I don't really remember. I think, I think that was the end of the dream. Lucy, have you had any mm-hmm. fucked up dreams lately? Yeah, nothing I want to share because they will offer deep insights into my psyche. So, uh, I'll um, leave that I to mean, you guys. obviously, oh, I thought that was what we were doing. <laughs> we don't here, need you so. to tell the sucking off Shrek dream that you had. Like, you could do one of the different ones if we've you got all, that all heard gone. about it enough. <laughs> no, I had a dream last night that I, I found a loose baby walking the streets. Like, oh, a I'm loose sorry? baby. And I was really <laughs> worried. Loose. It was just running around. He was near the road. And I was asking all the neighbors. And I was like, is this your baby? And they were like, it's not that my baby. baby. 
And then I called the police and they were like, look, either we have to call child services. It's actually just really easier for us if you keep the baby. Oh, oh, that's. And I was wow. like, that is that is typical police. They just don't want to do the work. So now I got to keep this baby. I'm still I, struggling with loose as the way you choose. No, that's just that's perfect. perfect. It's a free it's baby, a wild baby. That's, that's <laughs> what do you want me to say? I, I would be I would be mad if that happened and they made me keep a straight dog, let alone yeah. a baby. Yeah, but they made me keep you'd this, learn this to love that baby. dog. <laughs> you'd um, learn to love that loose baby. <laughs> both of my kids, both of my kids came in within the like last night with um bad dreams and I, I they they weren't that good. What was better than that <laughs> was yesterday when uh, my five year old daughter and my eight year old daughter were watching um Frankenweenie, the Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Right? Did anyone know that that's a remake? No, a remake of no. what? A remake of a live-action Frank and Weenie movie starring Shelley Duvall. Oh, I do oh love a Shelley Duvall. So, given uh, the opportunity, a 1970s movie with Shelley Duvall in it, bringing a dog back from the dead. Anyway, they're watching this Tim Burton animated movie, Frank and Weenie, about bringing a dog back from the dead. And my five-year-old daughter is like, "So, can they really do that?" I'm like, "What?" And she's like you know make make a dog come back if it's died and like people and stuff and i was like no they can't do that and she was like have your children ever heard the tale of darth plagueis the wise well here's here's the thing right so she's asking uh, thanks lucy i appreciate that she's asking is that a thing is that a thing they can do bring bring dogs and dead people uh, back to life? And I was like, no. And everything that we know about it suggests that you shouldn't. And um, <laughs> she's like, so... so <laughs> she, she's like, she's like, so scientists can't... <laughs> yeah, she's like, so scientists can't do that? And I go, no. And she just sits there for a minute and she goes, I think that's what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> Necromancy? <laughs> I said... Necromancy. I said, you want to be a doctor who devotes your life to bringing people back from the dead? And she's like, yeah. I went, okay. Time to watch Pet Cemetery. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta show those kids Pet Cemetery. Learn them some stuff, you know? My goodness. I um we're we're basically at the end of our allotted time here, but I was just thinking uh, that maybe we could fit this last little short one in here. I'll squeeze it in. Yeah, it's a short story with one question that I'd like answered by maybe an aviation expert. Hold on a second. We didn't we didn't finish Bob's. Uh, oh, Bob's I'm email so sorry. Here. I hate to cut Bob off in text. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Sorry, he went to a lot of effort here. Uh, Bob says this is obviously quite a shock to the Tapir community. I bet. Many rallied to wish her well and help her out as best they could. If it wasn't clear from the article, she was attacked because the tapia was concerned about her baby who gave a distress signal at the time of the attack. I have never found out exactly what that is, but knowing tapias, it was probably a squeak or a chirp. So in closing, my advice to anyone wanting to follow Ben's plan... Now, just running it back, Ben's plan is to break into a zoo enclosure and feed spaghetti to a tapia. Yep. That is correct. Bob's advice is number one, don't. And number two, oh. there is no number two. Uh, thanks for the show, guys. Been a patron since almost the beginning and I can't think of a better way to spend my seven bucks a month. 
from Bob. God bless you. I will note Bob. that Bob has stylized their name in all capitals, which mm-hmm. is the manner in which Bob in Twin Peaks's name is written. Hmm. So you think this is Bob from Twin Peaks? I think this hearing? is Bob from the Black Lodge, yes. Does know a lot oh. about tapirs, and that makes sense. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> checks Lovely out. to hear from you, Bob. <laughs> the Bob. So, uh, at Ben's insistence... I'm twisting your arm at At Ben's... Mm. Ben has become hysterical, and once again, <laughs> we, we must appease mm-hmm. him. <laughs> With this, an edition of Plainly Speaking. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. Plainly speaking, it's where we chat about planes. <laughs> this is from WSOC News, North Carolina. Former airline employee arrested after trespassing at Charlotte Douglas. Charlotte Mecklenburg police have charged a former airline employee after he trespassed at Charlotte Douglas International Airport on Tuesday after he trespassed at the Charlotte Douglas uh, Orlando International Airport. Melbourne, Orlando, Charlotte Douglas International Orlando Airport. Yes. Officers responded to reports of a man going into the CLT passenger terminal without authorization. Authorities learned the man was 40-year-old Narada Wilson, a former Piedmont Airlines employee. Airport officials said Wilson bypassed security and gained a legal entry. He then boarded American Airlines Flight 881 that was headed to Cancun, Mexico, using a valid boarding pass. Once the cr- flight crew was notified, the airplane was diverted back to Charlotte. Wilson was arrested once the plane landed and charged with trespass upon airport property. Officials said police inspected the plane after the incident. CMPD is assisting U.S. Customs and Border Protection and the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force as they review possible federal charges. No other details have been released. I'm very so, confused. <laughs> what we can take from this is that this man bought a flight to Cancun. Cancun. And boarded it. Cancun. Uh, but didn't want to go through airport security? Right? right, like so he just he had a, airport security. Yeah, he bought a ticket, but was like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I used to work at the airport. I know I how I can get the into fence. the terminal. I'm just going to hop in. I'm going like, to hop into my employee thing, then skip on out to the passenger terminal. And they've contacted the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. God. <laughs> so, like the assumption here, I couldn't. I read a ton of articles about this, waiting for one of them to be like. It's suspected that he was doing it because he was smuggling drugs or he was smuggling mm. weapons or something. And there is none of that. This just seems like a guy who was just like, oh, I don't want to have to take my shoes off. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just, I'm just going around. Yeah, he's just going around. This is baffling. Absolutely I mean, baffling. I probably well, shouldn't, but you didn't have to turn the plane around. Like They turned around like <laughs> 10 minutes into the flight, like straight Ooh. away. So, like, they, they know? Uh, uh, the ground crew contacted. I don't know how they, yeah, I don't know how they got onto him. It's pretty wild. Uh, but, yeah, there's, like, one of the news stories I was reading, they talked to a couple that were going there for their honeymoon, just, like, got on the plane and were like, yay, we're doing it. 
Oh. We're gonna have the best time ever, and then literally, like immediately, they were just like, "Hey, sit down. We're going back." <laughs> Don't do that. I guess is the, the moral of the story. Yeah, guess so. Just like. You gotta obey I don't the care if, rules, so. Even if you didn't work there, like, probably. I'm, I mean, you don't need to. Just, like, just do it. Just go through the thing where they humiliate you by scanning every single thing that you own. Yeah. It's probably fine. Catch it me takes, like, <laughs> 20 minutes. Catch me if you can. Oh, you can? Okay. Oh, you caught me. Oh. You caught me more or less straight away. Oh, that seemed that me. seemed very easy for you. <laughs> oh, man. I, um, I met a guy... A week or so ago, we're in a very happy relationship. Now, I I'm, I met a man uh, who has just started working for the Australian Border Force. So, obviously, when he told me that, I vomited all over myself and mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only natural. But he's this person who I otherwise thought was a very normal, quite lovely person who's just like, yeah, I've just started this job and I work in, uh, like, I'm one of the, like, border security people at the domestic terminal at Brisbane Airport. And, like... He was telling a story that was meant to be a funny anecdote about how uh, a sniffer dog sniffed out weed, but then they couldn't find any weed in the guy's stuff. And he was like, yeah, we almost got him. And I'm like, so you you almost got a guy for not committing a crime? Mm. We didn't have any evidence of a crime, but I assume one was being committed. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, you... You've been there for like a week and you're already an asshole. But I did learn an extremely useful fact. I learned two facts from talking to him. Uh, the first is that sniffer dogs are trained in one thing. So, like, there's a weed dog, there's a cocaine dog. You just got to get the right dog. right dog for oh, the day. Yeah. Makes sense. So, you know how you have stories where there are people that are like, oh, yeah, man, I had like a half and I was trying to get into Splendor and a drug dog went right past me, didn't do anything. That's because that was the cocaine dog. So you're like, your weed didn't register with it at all. So drug dogs are trained individually. That was a lovely thing to learn. But also, fun fact, no acid dog. Hmm. Interesting. They do not have an acid sniffer dog. They should put uniforms on those dogs. The weed dog should have a little tie-dye, little tie-dye jacket on. Uh, yeah, they don't. So if you if you want to smuggle like a few tabs of acid, maybe in a book that you're taking with you uh, to wherever you're going, apparently that's fine. That's uh, the Bunta Vista Crime Pass for this week. The Bunta Vista Crime Pass is you can smuggle acid. Smuggle acid. <laughs> no acid dog. <laughs> uh, domestically or internationally. So yeah. give that a bash. Oh. I, I was like, when I was talking to him, I was like, well, I mean, that's not like... It's not as chill as smuggling weed somewhere where you can just, like, land in a nice city and, like, smoke a joint, walk around and look at some historic buildings. You've got to, like, reevaluate your fucking relationship with the divine while you're walking around trying to order a hamburger from a McDonald's in France. <laughs> uh, a little tougher. But still, if you want to have drugs with you when you land, I guess uh, acid is the one. Noted. There you go. Mm. Well, that's it for us, folks. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Uh, apologies if you sent something to us to mailbag at puntavista.com and it vanished into the ether. Rest assured, we are going back through the archive that we've found. We are. And, uh, Very slowly. We're, yeah, we're making sweet, gentle love to each of your letters. If at any point you sort of send us an email detailing an uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world situation where you buried some treasure 
in a location and we had to race to get it. Uh, we will now be racing to get it when we read that email. I'll be uh, driving the motorbike. Yep. Ben's in the sidecar. <laughs> I was picturing myself in that um, the truck that's hauling all the furniture. That's kind of who I thought I was in that situation. Watch the film It's a Mad, 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 Mad World if you've never seen it. It has every single comedy actor from the 1930s through the 1960s in one movie. And it's tremendous. There you go. Well, see you next week, everybody.